Welcome to Sex Spoken Here with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex coach and relationship psychologist and created this show to help you solve any sexual problems, learn about all things sexy, sensual, and intimate, and create your ideal lasting relationship. In my virtual therapy room, I answer questions, interview experts, and provide tips that you can use straight away. Listen in weekly as I share key strategies to help you create a problem-free, exciting sex life. Make sure you join us to be up to date on all events and to easily access coaching at www.the-intimacy-coach.com. Welcome to my virtual therapy room. I'm Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and this is Sex Spoken Here. Remember that this podcast deals with adult themes, so if you don't have privacy, you may wish to put on your headphones. We're doing another sex love story today, and we're going to be talking about bisexuality and BDSM. Joining me is Rudo Mashangamende, and she is a born and bred Londoner. She naturally has a dirty mind, which really just means she's a sexual person and she doesn't like to hide it. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so, can you, to start, give a bit about your background and culture? Okay, um, so I, yep, yeah, I've grown up in London, uh, born and bred. Um, my family um, is from Zimbabwe, which is Southern Africa. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have been there a little bit, uh, you know, growing up. Um, but in terms of like my culture, I consider myself British, but mm -hmm. like with that influence as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, on a, you know, on a form, I'm black British and I'm, I'm proud of that, that, that combination. Um, and yeah, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm London through and through, uh, which is great because it's a, a wonderful place where you get to meet other, you know, people from other cultures from around the world. So I feel like I, I, I get the best of both worlds um being in london yeah london is an amazing um amazing mix yes really cool it's, it's just everything there's so many there was like a statistic saying um that there are like hundreds of languages spoken in london at the one time there's just there's so there's just so much diversity and it's, and it's a beautiful wonderful thing yeah i agree <laughs> Um, so when was the first time you became aware of your sexuality or your body being sexual or pleasure? Um, yeah, so good, I'm trying to think of like the age, but I remember like looking in, and, and this seems so strange, but like, you know, you're looking in catalogs, um, uh, clothing catalogs, and I noticed myself like paying particular attention to sort of like the the section where like you know selling like men's underwear mm -hmm. and like looking at the bulges in the underwear and and you know actually that in you know having a, a physical reaction and uh and just not quite knowing what that was but going i i'm enjoying this feeling and so i would say at that that age i was probably definitely like under 10 you know i was i was young and um and not thinking that it was wrong, but just enjoying it, enjoying mm -hmm. it. Um, and, and sometimes even, I think I, I, I cut out one picture and I kind of kept it for myself very sort of surreptitiously uh, because I was like, I, I, I like this. I'm not sure <laughs> particularly what it is. I mean, you know, I, I did, but 
it's different and yeah yeah it started from then catalogs people catalogs <laughs> i love it i love it what a wonderful way to start i know <laughs> don't really have catalogs anymore i guess no but, yeah no. over <laughs> a certain cool. age you really don't get that exp- uh, under a certain age you probably don't get that experience anymore yes. so so when did you have your first kind of more grown-up awareness and first sexual experiences uh, in terms of um, really like exploring, um, I would say like in terms of my, like losing my virginity, uh, that that didn't help happen until I was, and I consider myself a little bit older uh, in comparison to my friends because you know you do talk about things and you realise that you know your friends are having experiences. Um, I was like seventeen, and uh-huh. that was that was with a boyfriend. Um, and so I, I was raised, uh, I was raised Catholic. Um, and, um, and that was, that was, yeah, that was something that I, I don't, I don't, um, I don't practice anymore. So I was very much, I went to church. My mum gave me a, a, a really nice sort of grown up decision uh, when I was about, I don't know, about 11 or so. So she'd been taking me to church and then she said, right, you don't have to go to church anymore. It's completely your choice, which I thought was wonderful. And I, and I said, no, I still want to keep going to church. And I kept going to church every Sunday. I hardly missed a Sunday, um, right up until I was 18. I even mm-hmm. read in church as well. I did like the second reading. So very much, and I would pray at home. And um, it was, yeah, I was, I, was, I, I was Catholic. And I understood, obviously, you're not meant to have like sex before marriage. That was something that I hadn't. That didn't really kind of sit well with me. I realized that I, 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 I wasn't really going to wait. Um, not that I particularly planned it, but um, say like when I got with that boyfriend and, you know, I found, find him, found him attractive. I felt like sort of safe with him and, you know, having sex just seemed very natural. It, mm-hmm. didn't, it didn't feel like, oh, I have to wait till us, for us to be married or I'm doing something wrong. So... I think I already had this sort of like this duality of, well, um, yes, I, I, I believe in God and I, there's certain things about like Catholicism that I, you know, adhere to, but also I'm very much my own person and I have um, sexual feelings and I fancied him and fancied other people. So if you feel safe with a person, just, just, just do it and do it safely, you know, use protection and things like that. So, um, so I did and it was yeah it was good because because I cared about him and he cared about me so I I felt that there was a trust so you had a pleasant first experience yes yes I did which which is always nice I mean I think I'm probably split about 50 50 between in the people that I've interviewed between really pleasant first experiences and first experiences that were not so pleasant yeah 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 absolutely I think a a lot of people and it, it wasn't so great for them um, but luckily mine, mine, mine was, and, um, and not that the first time is, is going to dictate how the rest of your sex life is going to go. Of course not. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it helps if, if the first time is, is pleasurable so that you don't have that fear of having to do it again yeah. or anything like that. But, um, yeah. And, and actually it, it, he was two years younger than me and, and, and was more experienced than me. He'd lost his virginity, um, I think a couple of years before, maybe like 13. So um, he was, you know, definitely more, more sexual 
than I was, but not in a, it wasn't like in an overt, like you didn't pressure me or anything like that. I, I, I wanted to have sex. <laughs> there was consent. So yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. Like I never really thought like, Oh, I'm lucky to have had that. Um, As that a positive space. Thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll always remember it. I'll always remember it. <laughs> Which is great. Yes. Is that, did, where did you go from there? Um, so, so we were together for a little while and then, um, I broke up with him. Um, and I was then, so this was now I'm sort of like 18 and, uh, I went off to university. So I went to university in, um, Brighton. Mm -hmm. Um, so at this time in terms of, um, my sexualities, because now I, I, you know, I, I, at the time I thought I was straight. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I was, I was straight. Um, absolutely. But now, um, you know, I'm very much like bisexual. So I think there was always like a little bit of me that, again, like curious and um, would look at women a little bit, but not, but not really. It was perhaps more when I went to, uh, went to Brighton and, um, and like I was 18 and so I started drinking because I, I waited, I wanted to do like say drinking wise, I wanted to do that when it was properly legal. I didn't do fake ID or anything like that. So that's like the good kind of Catholic girl, <laughs> perhaps they had a good Christian girl. Um, but then, you know, I was like, okay, I can legally drink. That's great. Let's, 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 you know, let's get on this, <laughs> get on this train. And, uh, and then you're a university as well. So you're away from home and it's just a whole different experience in so many ways. So, um, yeah, and, I, and it's not particularly that I thought like sex is only in a relationship. If you like someone, you know, ha have sex with them. So I, yeah, I was became more sexually active and um, always with men at this point. It's funny that actually I was in Brighton. I was in the perfect place to really explore my sexuality. And at that time, I actually didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in the right place, but that wasn't, it was still a, a process for me to, to, to really... Um, accept and acknowledge what was going on and and I remember going I went to candy bar actually in Brighton because you know you end up having uh, gay friends and and I really liked it and I remember really clearly a woman coming up to me and dancing with me and uh, I did fancy her a little bit not that much and um but she you know she was um coming on to me and I danced like a little bit but there was this so I could have like snogged her but I didn't, and um, I was a bit apprehensive. It's not that I felt uncomfortable there, but there was this like, oh gosh, are you ready to do this? Or uh, do this in, in relation to just acknowledging that there's something else there. Um, and so I remember really clearly, and then another woman like sort of swept in and, and danced with her. And I thought, oh, phew, like <laughs> that, that, don't have to do that situation anymore kind of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's that process of, of understanding what's going on with you. And so, yeah, so in my time in Brighton, you know, I, I did have some boyfriends or I'd have like one night stands or just kind of friends with benefits, whatever all those labels are. But I was very much sexually active and, um, and, in, and enjoying that. And, but yeah, but only, only with men, only with men. It was only when I left Brighton and I came back to London that, um, that I started that process of going, right, okay, this is something um, within me that I haven't ever explored. I remember telling a boyfriend um, 
this is like in London now, that uh, we live together, the only, the only partner I've ever lived with. And I said to him, like, actually, I do. I do fancy women. I do want to ex explore that somehow, you know, like, let's have a threesome. I wanted him to very much be part of it. It wasn't me wanting to run away, um, you know, and experience that. And he was like, OK. Um, and then he had, um, or maybe still does, we don't speak anymore, um, gay friends, like a lesbian couple who are lovely. And so he told them that and um, they said the funniest thing to him that oh, just tickles me to this day. They told him not to allow me to sleep with a woman because they, he'd just never get me back. Like, <laughs> it would be such a great experience. <laughs> just, I just, I wouldn't, you know, you I wouldn't come back from the other side of it. <laughs> just, and he really came back and he told me and he had this real fear in his face. And I was like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be as good as I think it will be. But it was just the funniest thing. They were just like, no. No. <laughs> but I don't know. By doing that, you know, you're more likely not to come back. You know, you can't do this. Yeah, guess what? I'm not going to let you do this. Yeah, bye. You know. Well, yeah. That that was the thing. I was so I was like, okay, that's 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 interesting. Um, I was like, okay, I can table it for now. But you know, if we stay together longer, it's still going to be something I'll be going to speak about. <laughs> and again, I didn't want to run away and do it without him. So um, it was. It's funny, but it was just like, that's not really a conversation. You're not like really resolving a situation. Yeah. <laughs> you're just putting no. a wall up. Like, okay, you're going to live in this cage now. And I'm going to keep you away from women. <laughs> so, yeah, that was funny. So, yeah, needless to say, I didn't experience it uh, with him. Um, and we were together like five years. And, um, but that was, that was absolutely fine. And then I think once... Um, I left and I, I moved out that was a significant time for me to sort of say well okay let's let's do something let's actually take care of yourself and um and look after those parts of you that you haven't done it's self-care and that can come in so many different ways it can be sexuality it can be anything um but just acknowledge that there are different parts of you and some of them are not being um not being nourished not being mm -hmm. nourished and being like just pushed away uh so i was like all right i'm gonna do this so this is the thing like when um when you think about like being straight and then being gay or or, or just you know the, the differences so obviously our whole world is straight everything is straight you go to a pub like you know that that's just like the norm so if one wants to go into the the, the queer world one has to actually make an effort to go to gay mm -hmm. bars and gay, you know, so uh, you don't just kind of just fall into that. And I, and I didn't feel confident enough just to sort of go, all right, I'm going to go to Soho and just, sit, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, and also it was important to know that all my friends were straight as well. So, you know, unless the, I did have like, you know, some gay friends in Brighton, but then, then I came back to London and, you know, everyone was straight. So, um, and particularly because I'm not in that world at all, there was no one. So I thought, right, okay. I went on to Meetup, uh, which is a great website. And they have, you know, groups for so many different things. And I just, you know, search like London um, bisexual or, or whatever. There's a big group for London bisexuals. There is. Yeah, there is one, uh, which I'm part of. But the one that I... Um, really um 
connected with and actually went to a meetup and have been with ever since. Um, it's called Biffs. So it's by female friends. And at the time it was a really small group. And uh, so I was like, okay, this sounds fun and, and, and like really friendly and, you know, by female friends, like, you know, cool. So I went to like the first meetup, which was at the time it was a comedy. Um, so now in relation to this, to where we are in 2017, I would say this was like kind of five, maybe even six years ago now. And we went to, uh, went to comedy and it was just a small group of us, like, I don't know, no more than 10. And I just was there and it was just like, yeah, you're just there, you're meeting new people and you're talking, you know, and it was nice, nice and friendly. And it's funny, like, because you're there, because you've gone to look for something that is queer, you walk in and everyone's like, oh, you're, you're queer. Like, you know, like you're immediately like accepted. And, and, um, and then, you know, like I was speaking to some of the, some of the ladies and just, um, it was, I don't know how to describe it because at that point I had no experience. So I felt. But it was about, it's about identification. It's not about yes. experience. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. But you know, um, I very much was like, oh my gosh, like kind of feeling, I know I want to be there and I should be there, but also kind of feeling like I was an imposter as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about like identifying that and, and then, you know, step by step going forward. Um, and, and yeah, and I was just, so, so it was just general questions. It wasn't like, oh yeah, about your, your sex life. It was just, who are you? Like, where are you from? And, and it was just really, really cool. And, and then just finding out about the group and going like, oh yeah, we'll be doing different things. You know, some will be queer and some things won't be. It's not that everything has to be in Soho or something like that. Like, it's just, it really was just to have this um, nice group of women to hang out and um and then you know when we do want to go to a bar you know that there's a group of women to go to a bar and things like that uh, which is you know um how it uh, evolved and i went to bars i went to club nights and so i always had this like group um and and you meet women and you meet like you just make friends so that was like the a great safety net and that's something you know that did not exist you know many years before as well so um, it's, it's wonderful that like with the internet, um, something like that is, is there for, for people, um, uh, to just, yeah, just to, to find someone to go along with. Cause that's a lot of the time people go, Oh, I would love to go to this and that, but I don't know have anyone to go with, you know? And, and so that, that helped me and, and added to my confidence and, you know, and then I'd speak to women and say, because uh, I always thought, oh gosh, like and I said about the experience, oh gosh, they'll have more experience than me. And then I spoke to some women, they're like, oh yeah, no, I was, I was married to a guy and, you know, this kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I can relate to that. I've only ever, you know, been with men. And um, so, so yeah, so going out with them, um, then that's like, was me experiencing the first time of kissing a woman, of course. And like, it just, yeah, it, it just, my life completely changed. And it was this like relief of like, oh gosh, final festival, you've done it. Well done. Like you've, you've pushed yourself. So good for that. And also, why didn't I do this ages ago? Cause like, this is so much fun and women are beautiful and, you know, so just like, you know, so good all, all all round so so good all round but like the important bit was actually acknowledging and 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 pushing myself forward and um yeah yeah it's, it's good i don't normally give myself compliments but like i'm good for me for doing that because 
So yeah. where, so you got to that place where that's kind of, you now, that's an acceptance where it's like, okay, yeah. I'm not sexual. And so this is how I am and I enjoy this and this is what I mm-hmm. want to explore. Where did BDSM come in? Right. So that, um, I would say that that would predate the bisexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, so I'm, I very much, um, I love fashion. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm a peacock. I get it from my dad. He's a hundred percent a peacock. And, uh, I, that's just, I use clothes to express my personality, like one right. way. And, um, and I, I just, I love style. So I love putting things together. I love, you know, just that creativity. And, um, and I would say like, as a, as a young kid, I would, you know, I would, always like sort of look at what people are wearing and then you kind of start to realize there's certain fabrics or or, and things like that that you like and so I can't remember how it was exactly um or or who I saw how they were dressed but I realized that I have this affinity to leather I was like Mm -hmm. leather is stunning and amazing obviously like at the time it was still because you know leather kind of came back into fashion over the last like 10 years um but you know, it was mainly like bags and shoes. And then, but like you would see people with like leather trousers. I was like, ooh, you trousers or leather, leather jackets. So um, I would say it started from me realizing that I loved leather, like as in clothing, realized like the sexiness of it. It's very supple. There's, and so I was like, oh, okay. I just like it because there's that fashion side of me. Okay, that's cool. Um, I've really, yeah, I was trying to rack my brain as to what was the sort of, impetus like how did I really learn about that um about that world um and I I genuinely can't put can't put my finger on it um I guess just you know but maybe like the Brighton um and maybe just going out and and then seeing you know um going to Pride and you see like the guys and they're they're wearing that leather and you're like oh and you're learning these new terms they're just kind of filtering into your life uh, and also the internet, you know, you can just accidentally happen upon something too. True. But, um, but I think that um, when, yeah, when I sort of found out about the idea of, you know, you, you have a, a dominant and submissive, I was like, well, okay, I um, 100% think that that's just so fun. Um, I love how it's about consent. It's about um acknowledging like you know what i would like to be if you want to be dominant like i you know which uh, i am um i just love the idea of just telling people what to do <laughs> i love the idea of that of having of that power of um because you 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 get off on the fact that the submissive wants to do it like it's all about consent mm-hmm. it's not about forcing myself on anyone at all and they don't want it like there's nothing there's nothing great about that 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 stems from very different psychological issues when you need to impose yourself on a person in that way um but um i yeah i i i I, I, for me like i love to be worshipped i just want to be worshipped so i want someone to um call me mistress i want them to look at me um looking for um how do I say it? Like sort of um, like acknowledgement 
and um and, and gratitude it's so it's absolutely i mean when i'm saying it now i know it's absolutely like it's an ego thing a hundred percent you know i'm like i want people on their knees and i want to be worshipped like a god but it's but it that's is, part yeah. of fun yes exactly it, it yeah it is it is but it's in knowing that um they want to they want to do it as well and that's and that's part of it so um i joined um i known about it for a while and i don't know why i hadn't really, really been on it but i would say maybe like a month ago i joined whipler and um that's just a, a great site yeah for... so tell me about whipler for a second yes. because i i have i got the app yeah i've never done anything with it oh, um, okay. and and um I, I suppose partly because of my age, um, the idea of meeting people via apps has never really grabbed me. I mean, I've got yeah. like her and I, I've talked with some women there and mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, even meeting people online was, was a big step, right? Yes. Because when I came out, um, when I came out as bisexual, when I came out as kinky and into BDSM, yeah. it was none of this. You know, yeah. I mean, in fact, the first people I met were through personal ads in the Village Voice. So yes. for anybody in my audience listening yes. who doesn't know what that is, the Village Voice is um, an alternative periodical, which just um, this autumn stopped being printed in paper, which is oh. very sad. Yeah. And it, was, it used to come out weekly in paper. It oh. was in paper. And it had um, weekly or monthly. Mm. Anyway, it had... Um, really cool articles. And it also had great personal ads and yeah. you had a box and yeah. you could respond or put in a personal ad and you could meet people on a blind date from that. So, oh. you know, that I remember doing that when yeah. I was in my late teens and first kind of exploring some stuff. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is it. Like I'm on that cusp of remembering uh, in terms of my age, because I'm 33, remembering life before the internet and and, yeah. and mobile phones and things like that. So that shift of, oh, now things are online, like you have a site and now you have an app. It's very, very different if, you, if it's, it, it's, it's completely uh, like a fish out of water sort of situation. Um, and now kids just grow up with that. They're so used to it. Um, it's, everything is instantaneous and I'm like I feel like an old woman like oh I remember you know but I love that I can remember both as well because I think that's a great thing uh, but anyway so Whipler fantastic um, I think they, they just call it like the messenger with kink I think is like the tagline so you go you make your um, your profile um, and uh, so yeah on there I am a dom but like there are a lot of people who are um, a switch so obviously yep. you can be both um, and yeah just set up a profile like you would you know put put some pictures on and uh, or drop down menu of, of things that you you like um, and all, all, all kind of things you can put as much or as little information as you want so I would say that firstly um, as a woman um, whether you are dominant or submissive, um, you'll get a lot of attention because I do feel as though that there are definitely more men on the app than um, women. And um, then also as being dominant, 
um, a lot of the kind of the messages that I've got from from guys. I mean, and for me, I, I put that I'm bisexual, so obviously I can receive messages from women as well. But I tend to receive messages from um, from guys, which I think is a in da on dating sites, the general kind of dating apps, guys do send out more messages anyway. But also, I think it's because I'm dominant and I'm female that that seems like, and this is the feedback that I've gotten that there seems to be um, less of that. Um, yeah, I mean, there are, you know, there are plenty of yeah. bisexual women who will. Yes. But it, but I don't know about messaging on apps. Yeah, I think, I think certainly there's always submissive men who are looking for dominant women on every form of technology they can find. Oh, absolutely. That's what exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like you know, those women exist, but whether they're on the app is different. So that's what I mean. Like I get a lot of messages because I'm there and I'm visible. That's, that's all it is. It's just an opportunity to actually like send me a message, but oh gosh, yeah, we're out there. But yeah, uh, that's what I find. And I find that really good about guys because they're just like, you know what, this is what I want. And so they really will go out and get, get it. Uh, and that was me going, you know what? I do want to experience this. Um, it started because like I said, I, I don't know why I wasn't on Whipler for so long, but the, um, in relation to my journey and, and being, you know, realizing that I'm dominant or, or at least want to experience that on normal dating sites like OkCupid and, and, and such, um, I was started receiving messages um, from guys who kind of suddenly the, the conversation turned that way and I realized it's because of my picture so I always have one that I'm smiling and um but like I do like my smile like in in person but in pictures I don't always like it so a lot of the time my pictures that I choose I'm not smiling and I have a very stern face like some pose you know so I wasn't aware that actually I was giving out this very dominant persona and this sort of thing started happening. This guy's like, oh, hi. Um, and then just suddenly kind of going like, oh, you, you look really strong and look really, and I was like, what? I hadn't even um, started that conversation. It was, it was really cool. They were coming to me because there was something showing in my, in my, in my photos. Um, and that's just from you know, a normal site. So how did you make the transition to, to real life? Yeah, so it, um, so like I said, like it started with that. And so I remember a guy, um, a, there were a couple of guys, but one just messaging me and, um, and, and just asking because he saw from the photo, he just said, are you, um, are you into sort of like kink and, but not, he wasn't trying to say it in a very sexual way, like let's get into bed. And he was just like a, what a, um more like you know that's that that relationship like i i've had a mistress before and so he really i i didn't do anything like he came to me which was great and um and i was like well yes there's absolutely something that i i am really interested in i actually haven't before but um yeah very much you have you know you're knocking at the right doors so uh we met and um so like you know like with anything I meet someone for the first time and you just have a drink and then um and then you sort of like talk about like what your what what your interests are and particularly in the, in that kink world and uh and then begin to have a dynamic from uh from there with this the guy I'm thinking about in the end we didn't we weren't like quite matched but when I realized that 
I was like, oh, I was giving off something. And this happened on different sites, different, and it wasn't just the same, um, the, mm -hmm. the one site, this was happening on different sites because my pictures were giving out something to someone who looks for that. So, you know, it's, it's a really interesting what your subconscious can do. And it's not particularly like when I have a, a picture and I, you know, I pose in a certain way, that's what I'm thinking. But clearly I am in, in, in something, in some way. So um, I've had, I had an experience with a guy who, um, oh yeah, this was, this was fun. Like we initially, we went for a meal and I told him beforehand, I'd given him rules. I said, this is how you need to refer to me. And I said, um, oh, you can't make eye contact with anyone. And um, so we went for a, a meal and, and you know, obviously, obviously he paid for it. But every time like, the waiter would come over, like, you know, asking him a question, like he would answer, he was allowed to answer, but he couldn't look at the, the waiter. That was really fun. That was really, really fun. Um, and like it was, we went during the day, like in a, a weekday. And uh, so the restaurant was quite, uh, was quite empty. And I remember like looking over at the staff because they were sort of trying to like work out what was going on, <laughs> which was fun. Um, uh, yeah, so that, that, was, that was an interesting dynamic. And then with him as well, we went to, um, went to a hotel room and, um, and so like dominated him there as well because he had fantasies that he wanted to, um, you know, to, to, to do and, and I sort of like, I dressed up, I, I wore some, I mean like for me, like wearing leather doesn't, it, it's natural for me. It's not like I dressed up, you know, but I, I made sure that I was, uh, I, I, I looked more, Kind of like mm -hmm. pink and I wore like fishnets and things like that um so that was yeah that was probably one of the first times where I actually went and I did something and, and and you know and he was there was an actual um sexual act um as it were and I I, I enjoyed it he enjoyed it I enjoyed it um didn't I think only yeah I only met him a few times actually because then um I wanted to see him again and he wanted to see me and then he just got a bit weird um, but I'd have that and I'd sort of, you know, kind of pop my cherry <laughs> as it were. And I was like, this is, this is great. I really enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, so Whipler is just the same. Like I received messages and it's like, oh, you know, you look very lovely mistress. Like they initially say mistress and, um, and then it could just be like, oh, what are you on here for? And you just kind of like discuss what it is yep. to see if you're compatible uh, and then I'm always like, okay, let's go for a drink. So for me, when I go for a drink, I'm just going like as myself and um, I'm not expecting the dynamic to begin quite from there, but it's because I need to get, I actually have to get along with the person. Um, and, as and, as, yeah. And also negotiating those sorts of things in advance is safer. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Absolutely. It's, it's just as a rule, talking through things before actually jumping into anything yeah. is it's just safer for both people, not just from a physical point of view, yeah. from an emotional point of view, no yeah. attachments happen. Nothing is, is no, you know, there's no expectations and no promises yeah. being made. It's just, you know, let's start with, well, what, you know, who are you, who am I and what actually is it that you're hoping to get out of this? Exactly. Exactly. Like you put your cards on the table and, and, and that's the thing. It's, it is really, really healthy in that sense um that yeah you just say this is what i want and 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 obviously like how um how may perhaps like things can develop um and whatever else but yeah it's it's really just open communication and, and in fact we should all be communicating with one another in this way well this is one of the things you know i mean i've been 
involved in this world for quite a long time. And um, yeah. like, you know, my first meets meetups were with people, you know, from personal ads and then from bulletin boards and then, you know, you know, getting invited mm -hmm. to parties and meeting people in real life and going from there. And yeah. um, one of the things that I noticed is that um, people who are involved in BDSM and kink have more conversations about sex and uh, desires than um, people who are vanilla. Yeah. And they have conversations before they get in bed. Yes. So you yeah. have like a reasonable chance of mm -hmm. getting your rocks off because the person that you're getting into bed with already knows about you Absolutely. and what you're interested in um, yeah. or what you're not interested in. So you yeah. have probably fewer bad experience, but also because you get explicit consent about so many things, mm -hmm. it, you know, not that people don't have bad experiences. They do, but I think you probably have fewer bad experiences because it's, yeah. you're getting explicit consent every step of the way. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there has to be yeah because you know like you said you talk about it and then when you're there when you're actually you know there is an act going on there you know for example like this weekend um or like last weekend really um so from yeah so from whipler i have um two subs and um who like they you know here because they're people on the on the on the app they're people from like all around the world um and uh but these two um here in the uk and like basically kind of like near london so um yeah so on uh, on the weekend um one sub he um came to my house so we've met a couple of times so obviously like um, initially it's not like i think oh gosh they'll just come to my house like i you know you have to meet them right. like that uh which is just you know you should do that in life and that safety and then um but yeah you know he's been to my house now and um and yeah, and so we would, we would, and this, again, like it's this communication because we were like, all right, because you can have a safe word, but then he suggested that maybe like you do like a traffic light system. So, you know, I, I will say like, you know, green, green is obviously good. And then the amber is like, maybe, oh, it's a bit. And then red is definitely like, stop. You know, it's all about when you're in that moment, um, when whatever act is going on that you're checking in with that person because I don't want them, you know, like pain is part of it, but then there's a level of pain that's, that's too much. So it's always checking in and, you know, so that one person, like this is the idea, like I'm, I'm the dominant, I'm the one that is in control. If they are literally bound up and they can't move, that is a level of trust, which is, which is, which is so, so high. And I can't abuse that. And, and I have a lot of respect mm -hmm. for that person and for myself that, um, you know, like I need to know that everything is okay. So that's, and it's, it's just fun. It's really, really fun. It's just like, for me, it just seems so, so human and so like natural just to, just to explore something. It's not necessarily that everyone would like it, but just yep. try it out. When people go like, oh no, that's not for me. I'm like, okay, but have you just tried it a little bit? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm that like, like the devil on their shoulder. Like, yeah. really? Just a little? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Come on, try it. <laughs> so I know, I know that um, because we met through Scarlet Ladies. So yeah. um, I wanted to make sure that we got to talk a little bit about the group because I know you did Definitely. part of the I Talk Sex campaign. Yes. So tell the listeners about 
why you decided to do that and kind of what um, Scarlet Ladies is for you? So at the time, I, I was aware of Scarlet Ladies. I actually always was aware of Scarlet Ladies because of the meetup group I mentioned. So the Buy Few My Friends, um, because, um, you know, Scarlet Ladies going out there and doing that hustle and, mm-hmm. and contacting whoever they need to. Um, so I was aware of Scarlet Ladies. And then, um, so what I, but I was not a member. And then again, so Scarlet Ladies, founded by two wonderful women, Jeanette and Sarah. Uh, they wanted us to have this, uh, this company, this like safe space for women to come in to talk about sexuality. Um, it's not just all conversations about sex. Like I think um, because, you know, they use the word sexuality that um, sometimes implies that, well, people think it implies that it's just, we're just talking about sex all the time. But it's this the idea that um, sexuality is very, very much a part of everyone's life. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and with women, um, and of all different cultures, but I can say like from British culture, it's not something that you discuss as much and can be made to feel that you're not meant to. Um, so the I Talk Sex campaign, that's something I found out about, uh, early, it, so it happened this year, but earlier in the year, they had their housewarming um, party. So Scarlet Ladies were doing events at different locations and um, they finally found, um, basically got like a partnership with 23 Paul Street, which is a stunning um, gentleman's club um, in Shoreditch. It's Um, incredible. Yeah, I know. It's like stunning does not even start. It's just, it's amazing. But it's all about the women, the women that work there, the stunning women that work there. The the women that work there are gorgeous, friendly. And if you, if you, intelligent, like, yeah, yeah. if you would like the kind of gentleman's club, Mm, it's not CD experience um, from an upmarket point of view. So it's not a sleazy strip joint. It's a really, it's a really posh joint. It really is. It's, and yeah. it's, it's, it's well-designed. It's gorgeously laid out. And the, the, the folks there are wonderful. That's mm-hmm. the place to go. Really, That is the place to go. Definitely. 100%. I mean, just a quick side note. I, um, I actually, because I'm a Scarlet lady, so I'm actually, you, you, you get like a key for Paul street. Yeah. So you can go Friday. And, um, for my friend's birthday present, um, it was a belated birthday present. I took him to Paul street. He'd actually like never been to a gentleman's club or a strip club at all. It's a complete surprise. He got there and he was just like, Oh, like jaw dropped. And he's a very like, um, friendly, like chatty guy. And I was like, Oh, you know, you can just go and talk to the, talk to the ladies. And he was just like, like just stunned. And in the end I paid for two dances. He got two private dances and just beaming from ear to ear. But yeah, it's an amazing place. It's an amazing place. Um, so, so yeah, so it was a housewarming party because they finally found this wonderful place to call their home. And basically every Tuesday, um, we can go to um, 23 Paul Street and that's where any like events will be on. The events t- tend to be talks. So they can be about all kinds of different things. Um, for example, there was one on um, be- being LGBTQ and, yep. and that affects your life. So, um, and it was like, I think four women on the panel and just, yeah, just, just talking about that, just very open discussions. And, you know, the, the audience um, is encouraged to ask questions um 
then there was one about black beauty, which I was on that panel, so just discussing that, which was um, very good and very educational for, for, for non-black women just to learn about this different experience. Um, but yeah, the I Talk Sex campaign, I found about it, found, I was told about it at the house, uh, housewarming. And um, I know they said that they definitely wanted members. So I was like, oh, okay, that sounds really fun and really great. But um, it was my friend that suggested me, um, San, who runs the, the meetup group. Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, I'd love to do it. I just didn't put my name forward just because I wasn't a member. But um, so you had to uh, say your reasons for why you talk sex, then uh, have a picture. And, um, and then like, yeah, they, they, they got lots of applications and they chose, uh, I think like four of them chose together and uh, they chose 10 women there were 10 of us in, in total so this i talk sex campaign i was part of it because i talk sex because i believe in gender equality i believe that women should be talking about sex and shouldn't be shamed um and shouldn't feel bad about it it's it's very healthy too and obviously because i you know i do like kink like it's it's natural just to talk about what you like and and, and, and not to be, um, this is the shaming of it. And I just get yep. just so frustrated. Like there are two genders on this planet. Like, you know, um, obviously there are people that don't conform, but you know, like we all share the planet. We're all human, we all have sexual desires. Why is only one group allowed to talk about it and, and be celebrated and, and, and high-fived? And why uh, 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 is another group just meant to just kind of go like okay no that's fine I don't really have an opinion on it and 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 just you know like you have to be there's that dichotomy between a woman so you know she needs to attract a mate so let's say a male she has to attract him so she has to look very very sexy and things like that and then once she has got her man uh then she becomes a mother it's like you know that those are the two roles that are for us and it's like well that's that's also not how it works you know like um it's just yeah this i could go on about it for ages but yeah so i mean are there for for the audience the um link to that um that interview that blog is in the podcast notes mm -hmm. i put that in there which is where they can find you yes um and i also um we've got your instagram in case anybody yes. wants to follow you via instagram um and twitter um and there's a link to 23 paul street for people who want to take a look at what it looks like Absolutely. and um and scarlet ladies yes <laughs> yeah i got to have some lovely pictures and got to write a blog so yes yeah no and the blog is great and the pictures are fantastic <laughs> um thank you so much for joining me for this thank you this Oh, it's my pleasure. So this time we spoke about um, moving from heterosexuality to bisexuality and, and BDSM and particularly female dominance. And we talked about um, apps and also um, the importance of um, gender equality when it comes to talking about sex and sexual desire. If any of these issues triggered you or they're just of more interest and you want to say something about them, email me at drbisbee at theintimacycoach.com. That's D-R-B-I-S-B-E-Y at the-intimacy-coach.com. Um, if you would like some more information on any of these topics, you will find resources on the podcast pages as part of the podcast notes. 
thanks for joining me for Sex Spoken here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee this week. Write to me with suggestions for the show. Any questions you want answered at drbisbee at the-intimacy-coach.com. Please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out my YouTube channel. And also, I have a TV channel on the Bonbon Network. Please leave a review on iTunes and or Stitcher if you enjoyed the show. And the next five people who leave a review will receive a 10% discount on any of my services. Is non-monogamy for you? What about kink? BDSM, maybe role play. Take my free test and learn how to add that to your sex life. Go to https colon backslash backslash the dash intimacy dash coach.com. And it is on the front page is a yellow button that says take the test. I will see you all next week. And thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Sex Spoken Here with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher. And make sure you head over to www.the-intimacy-coach.com to subscribe for free newsletter updates to help you create and sustain an exciting trouble-free sexual life. Stay tuned for upcoming weekly episodes on all topics, sexy, sensual, and intimate. Thanks for listening.